welcome to Nurturing Thoughts. Today's episode will be about green infrastructure and our project of interest, Via Verde. To start off, what is green infrastructure? Green infrastructure is defined as a range of measures that use plant or soil systems, permeable pavement or other permeable surfaces or substrates, stormwater harvest and reused, or landscaping to store, infiltrate, or evapotranspirate stormwater and reduce flows to sewer systems or to surface waters. In other words, it is a form of architecture that is built upon making for a more sustainable planet through the usage of plants and different soil systems to incorporate more eco-friendly alternatives in our cities. It can come as one, rain gardens, which are places like sidewalks, driveways, or places near our houses where rainwater pools and plants are used to help soak up that water for filtration. As two, green roofs, which can be thick, thick or thin layers of soil on top of a building's drainage rooftop where plants are grown. Three, as porous concrete, which allows rainwater to seep into the soil underneath. And four, which some of you may have heard of before, um, and those are rain barrels or cisterns. These are illegal in some states due to water availability, but that is a different subject. Now that we know what this type of architecture is, why is it important? Green infrastructure offers a variety of benefits through improving water quality by filtration, air quality, because that's a plant's main job, improving habitat loss, and also promoting local wildlife and community well-being. Having explained all that, we will now talk about Via Verde. First off, what is it? Via Verde is an ongoing project dedicated to transforming the columns of Mexico City's beltway, or Anillo Periférico, into vertical gardens. The World Health Organization declared that there must be at least a 9 meter square area of green space per each person in urban cities. In actuality, there are only 5.3 meters squared per person in Mexico City, meaning there is a total of 40 million meters squared deficit of green space available. Due to that, the project was founded by Fernando Ortiz Monasterio, and it aimed to expand up to 40,000 meters squared of green space at around 700 columns. Uh, Fernando stated in many interviews that this was all done because it is what the citizens wanted. He created a petition on change.org that got over 75,000 signatures within a week of its creation. As a result, he was able to go to the government and get the permits required for the start of the project. One major selling point of the whole project was that it was not funded by the government, but by private sectors and money donated to by others. Every 10th column is dedicated to the advertisement of a private sector which made the jumpstart come to life. For example, Coca-Cola. Secondly, there are many people who suffer from air pollution. Six out of every 10 citizens in Mexico City have some sort of respiratory and or cardiovascular disease. Via Verde thought to bring awareness to major health issues to the public to get even more support for this project. Lastly, another aim was to help mitigate the poor air quality caused by the use of automobiles, which leads to traffic congestion and furthermore to stress in people. This way, they're able to help the massive loss of green areas in urbanized cities and make people's lives a little brighter. 
Fernando clarifies that the project was intended to demonstrate to the citizens of Mexico City, the government, and other people doubtful of such a change possible, that it is doable. As long as people work together, they can definitely slow the effects of climate change and make for a cleaner and healthier environment within their beautiful city. So now, you must be thinking, wow, that sounds too good to be true. Well, it gets better. Via Verde estimates that through the use of their vertical gardens, they will improve on the oxygen produced in the city, enough for roughly 25,000 citizens. The plants are projected to filter about 27,000 tons of toxic gases, capture around 5,000 kilograms of suspended dust particles produced, and filter 10,000 kilograms of heavy metals, with all of these being done annually. Another benefit would be the cancellation of noise pollution, since the city is always lively, but also thermic control. As you may know already, cities tend to have higher temperatures compared to less urbanized areas. One of the biggest uses of the vertical gardens is that their main water source is treated sewage water. This helps the city because the, the project is not taking away from citizens drinking water. This is actually a like major health concern in Mexico because a lot of people, I've been there, this is off topic a little bit, but I've been there and um, the treatment of water is a very big issue. A lot of people can't get water from the sink. They can't drink that. Um, so a lot of times people have to buy their water, uh, here in the U.S., um, it's a little bit different. It's a little bit <laughs> easier to attain drinking water. So this is for sure, uh, a very big, you know, green flag for Via Verde to actually do something like this. Um, apart from that, uh, mental health is improved through the use of more green areas because it promotes health, it promotes exercise lowers stress within the community, and apart from that, it lowers crime rates. Aside from all the environmental benefits and mental benefits, the project will lead, that the project will lead to, it has also created jobs for hundreds of people. Most notably, this has been seamstresses and seamsters, which make the cloth where the plants are grown. A hundred men and women employed in prisons work the machines that use recycled plastics to make a strong thread which is then made into cloth. Others cut and sew the cloth to make sure that everything is done correctly, and then they send it off. Now, to the part that most of you have been waiting for. What types of plants do they use for this project? The answer is quite a few. Via Verde uses 10 main plants to do their work. Yedrahelix, Chlorophytum cosmum, Sedum morgani, Morganianium, Peperomia obsessifolia, and Peperomia, Peperomia obsessifolia variegata, Scha oh, sorry. <laughs> Schaffelera abricola, Lampranthus spectabilis, Transcontia zebrina, Philodendron. Bipinatifidum and Aptenia cordifolia. I definitely butchered those names. Apologies. Um, <laughs> these were all carefully selected for their high resistance 
Sustainability due to light conditions. Again, these are attached to columns, so, you know. Um, and their low water intake due to great drainage ability. As mentioned before, all of these plants are used in pallets, and there are about 2,600 individual plants per each column. That makes for more than 2 million plants for the whole project. One issue that the team ran into was how were they going to make how are they going to take care of so many plants without spending too much time um, specifically on each column? Uh, this is especially because uh, there are a lot of earthquakes in Mexico City. It's a very active place. <laughs> Their solution was actually to have panels with built-in Bluetooth sensors that monitor water levels, light, temperature, nutrients, and other variables in real time. This way, none of their plants lacked anything needed to their survival and are therefore even more sustainable. And, fun fact, none of the, up to date, none of the plants that they have used have died. So, that's, again, another green flag. Now, what stands out to me is that all types of people from different discipline areas were needed for such an amazing project. Architects, engineers, seamstresses, seamstresses botanists. This could not have been helpful without the help of botanists. I stress that a lot. <laughs> um, more so than anything, because if plants were not able to grow in, the con in such conditions, again, because of the temperature fluctuation in Mexico City, uh, and again, because of light, there's so many factors that go into that, uh, like time of day, time of year, how many cars pass by, and just everything. Um, that, you know, gardeners, maybe not gardeners, but, you know, botanists had to take into account of then see, oh, which type of plant will, you know, do better in this type of situation. Um, so they were carefully picked. They're all alive. So again, green flags everywhere. Um, again, as stated earlier, the project is ongoing and citizens are happy with the results. Many other cities have actually reached out to create their own vertical gardens and promote green infrastructure. For example, New York has Grow NYC, which has a collaboration with the Verde, and they made a rooftop garden to produce edible plants. So vegetables, herbs, which are actually distributed to elementary schools and a local food pantry. Um, startups like these are what really appeal to me because it's not just something that is done once and never touched again. It creates a real change in the future of a city once it has been initiated. Um, Via Verde has and will continue to expand to cities in all parts of the world. Um, I just think that is all so cool. Uh, as botanists ourselves, I think it's really our duty to find ways to overcome challenges that come before us, uh, that come before humanity, and to help, you know, with our plant power and knowledge to make a change. I believe, you know, we are definitely capable of doing many great projects and research of our own, which can then lead to impressive outcomes just like Fernando. And that is the end of my podcast thank you all for listening and i hope you do some of your own research on via verde